0: Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to Every Version Ever! We're finally doing it! We're talking about the 1985 miniseries from Anglia Television. Sarah and I were planning on doing this episode last year, we watched it last year, I made all my notes last year, I think I even announced it in at least one video that came out last year, and then things kept happening, and we ran out of time to finish it before I had to move on to other projects, and it never happened. So when it came time to talk about a new batch of Alice in Wonderland adaptations this year, I knew it would have to be the first episode we did. Well, we're finally doing this one. This is one that has been requested I don't know how many times. And it's been requested ever since we started doing Wonderland Wednesday. Which is like about five years yeah. ago. <laughs> so this one has been a long time coming as are several that i'm going to be trying to do this summer
1: forgive us and you're welcome
0: <laughs> we actually started this last year we were going to do this one last <laughs> year and then oh, life lots happened, of things happened. Life i happened. got a job then i got sick and s- suddenly summer was over and
1: i didn't realize it had been this long since we actually watched it so time has been flying for me too
0: yeah it it has but we've watched it again so we've been refreshed yes this is a five episode miniseries by anglia television which i guess is a british tv show on wikipedia it says itv anglia so i'm not sure if it's itv or
1: i mean anglia is about as british of a name (laughs) probably that you're gonna get
0: but I know there's the, cha- the ITV channel, so it's related to that somehow. But this was from 85, so it's quite aged at this point. As like, It's slightly older than me. <laughs> yeah. And this is a live-action version, but it's with puppets, and the puppets are the Da Silva puppets group at the Norwich Puppet Theatre. Okay. Which is very British-sounding of a puppet (laughs) (laughs) troupe. And this stars Giselle Andrews as Alice. And when it first started, I was thinking, yeah, she's fine. But she grew on me. Like, by the end, I thought she was doing a really good job.
1: It's one of those where there may be a little bit of a stage play atmosphere going on.
0: That's what I was thinking, yes.
1: Where the acting, when you're watching it as a movie or TV type experience, it doesn't feel natural. But she is one of my favorite Alice's now because she actually fits into the Alice in the book. Mm -hmm. She can pass as basically the right age she's a beautiful little girl she's very sweet very British <laughs> lovely blonde hair they did a good job with her outfit I think there was some 80s influence in the color palette probably or something but other I mean they did a she's she's just one of the best like she wasn't 25. and when
0: you say 80s influence it's more like the 80s coming out of the 70s influence and not like neon pink and
1: no she has and and honestly it probably fits with the 1860s too i don't know Mm -hmm. but yeah she's a really sweet alice
0: yeah she did a good job and like you said at the beginning it felt more like a stage play and that's kind of why i was like she's fine because it was more of the slight overacting the way you do on stage
1: also if you were actually sitting around with different people reading the book it Mm -hmm. would probably sound kind of like that it
0: it felt like she was delivering lines like she had memorized the lines and she was delivering it didn't she didn't seem like a natural child like naturally reacting to things Mm -hmm. but once I got over that, I thought she was doing a great job. And by the end, I think she did. I think she got into the role a little bit more, mm-hmm. especially during the courtroom scene. Yeah. I thought she was doing a really good job reacting to the different things, sure. reacting to the different ridiculous lines.
1: And also, I mean, people like Drew Barrymore aside, she's a child. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot to be delivering mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I commented about this more than once is that the music reminds me so much of Last of the Summer Wine. And I'm (laughs) guessing that that's just a product of the time period that it was made in. To me, that just makes it a little cozier and Mm -hmm. kind of familiar.
0: Yeah. The music reminded me of... There's a version of Wind in the Willows that I watched a lot as a kid and especially during the intro scene during the narration also the narration reminded me of this too um it just felt it had that same feel
1: was it from the 80s
0: i think it was from the early 90s okay so there's probably there's,
1: there's probably a period in british television from probably the 70s 80s maybe early 90s of just a certain flavor probably and yeah it's familiar
0: yeah yeah. The, and nice. Yeah. I, I liked the music. It gave it a really, I don't know. It's comf- kind of cozy. Comfy feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's comfortable. But there's so much dialogue from the mm-hmm. actual book. They stuck to so much of the flavor of the actual story.
0: Yes. A lot of, like you said, a lot of the dialogue was from the book. Even like poems. One in particular, the poem that goes down the page of the mouse's tail was actually portrayed in the show like that like with words traveling down the mouse's tail
1: yeah one of the things that i appreciated about this one liberty that they did take is when she's about to recite how doth the little in the book she says i'll try and say how doth the little but in this version she's explaining i'm going to try and say how doth the little busy bee improve each shining hour which is what this is a parody of but for a 1980s audience i appreciate that they were actually fleshing that out a little bit more Mm -hmm. because i don't think at this point in history that most people know what that is
0: no probably not like i wouldn't have known that except i've seen so many versions read so much about the book
1: right of course
0: i know you know but like people who aren't generally alice fans would have no idea
1: Right, where it was probably a common thing that children were learning. Probably, yeah. On how to wisely spend their time <laughs> back in the day. Mm hmm. And it's probably really good, but I can't quote that either. <laughs>
0: no, not me. Not me either. Let's go through each episode because okay. there's a bunch of stuff to talk about in each one. Okay. Um, every episode starts the exact same way with, I guess it's. Lewis Carroll. Yes. And he's... They're, like, going down the river with the Liddell sisters, and he's telling them the story. And the narrator's talking about what they're doing. The narrator's what reminded me of The Wind of the Willows. Um, and then the narrator says something, at, so like, and now the tale is done. But they're at the very beginning, so that <laughs> seemed kind of weird to me. And that that happens with every single episode. And then the narrator... I don't know if it's the narrator or not, but they they do, like, a recap of the previous episode, which seemed kind of weird because, like, if you came in on episode four, you only get a recap of episode three. There's no recap of everything, but...
1: At this point, whatever. hopefully, if you're watching it at that point, you may already be familiar with the story. You may have already been watching all the other episodes. Yeah,
0: and, like, this is however many years later, and hopefully somebody's not going to be watching episode four by itself yeah i was just thinking of the original <laughs> yeah, audience on tv at this
1: point if you're watching it you're probably being intentional unless there are reruns that we don't know about
0: Mm-hmm. and then the white rabbit runs through because it has alice and her sister on the bank and the white rabbit runs through and i loved how the white rabbit ran This is very random but it, it looked like he was running the puppetry was really good and at times like a lot of this you can tell that the puppets or alice are like composited onto a background like with green screen Mm -hmm. and sometimes they can like move around just slightly on the background so it doesn't look completely natural but with the rabbit anytime that he ran it looked like he was actually running because he like moved the right amount for each footstep and it looked natural and i really like you're appreciating the little things yes
1: (laughs) like if you had to make it the technicalities that you would have to go through
0: yes yeah and i also this is another random thing i liked that the rabbit hole was an actual like dirt hole (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't like a lot of times they'll try and do something a little fancy like it's a little hole at the bottom of a tree but this actually reminded me of like what was it 1903 the very first silent film where there was just a big pit they
1: <laughs> my mind just for some reason is flashing back to the check alice of her running up the barren field so <laughs> uh, yeah that's another episode folks was a long time ago
0: Mm-hmm. and i liked her falling down I thought uh, they that was did, a pretty was good, a good falling scene. scene
1: I liked her conscientiousness of putting the marmalade in the little <laughs> cabinet
0: <laughs> and when she gets to the hall of doors it was a little bit basic the the doors were all like the exact same door copy and paste they the so, weren't they, they were supposed wood.
1: to be Maybe, my, my mind was fixating on that really yellowy green paint <laughs> on the wall at some point. It was like, was this left over from the '70s, or what's going on
0: here? I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't have. I Styles didn't even notice change. the paint. I just was thinking of the door. It was just like all the same wooden door over and over again. I guess I'm used to like. Maybe this isn't even different versions, but like when this scene is drawn, like I've seen so much Alice art online. Mm. Like people get really creative with the mm-hmm. doors so these were just basic wooden doors and it was like
1: (laughs) you're like where's all the fanciness no our minds were not in the same place on this (laughs) i think they did a pretty good job with this scene
0: yeah and a lot of the dialogue was from the book too it was a little shorter than the book they cut out some things of course that
1: scene was long enough for me it wasn't like painfully long but it was fine you know they needed to keep the pace moving with that
0: Mm mm-hmm and
1: uh, it was a little weird when they had some happy music playing while she was crying, <laughs> but so like if anybody didn't wasn't familiar with this story and they were watching it and they don't speak English, this would be a trip.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was there is I mean it's Alice. So it's Alice. Some weird it's stuff. Alice. But the scene of the shrinking and growing was good. This, it was. Is, this is random, but I thought it was very funny that I have mentioned this to Sarah too. As she's trying to get the key, she's like jumping against the table, trying to get the key. And the table is like obviously wobbling. I was like, she probably could just tip that thing over and get the key.
1: There's another, yeah. But that's not how the story
0: goes. I know, but I'm just like, the prop seemed a little wobbly, so.
1: One of the things that I really appreciated about this scene it's a little detail but how often when she is drinking out of the drink me bottle do they actually talk about the flavors
0: yeah and I that's don't think that of, happens that often that's
1: one of the fun parts of that scene because it's kind of like the wonka factory where there's this mm. whole meal inside of a, a bottle you know turkey and pineapple and i've
0: kind of wondered if roald dahl was inspired by that scene i could see the, that the, um,
1: He ripped it off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And they actually had the rabbit come through and drop his fan and gloves in front of her and actually had her use it and shrink with that. That doesn't always happen either. Mm. And then when she ends up in the pool of tears, I thought it was funny that she first thought the mouse was a walrus. (laughs) Mm.
1: They did a pretty good job with the shore scene
0: yeah i liked the animals even the dodo was I the dodo just, was fun he was kind of one of my favorites even though he he had man hands <laughs> and that's i don't usually like creatures <laughs> with, with
1: man hands Oh, <laughs> well, they did a good job with that scene they had the gentle humor of that scene it mm-hmm. wasn't too dragged out
0: and the puppets were decent. Like, sometimes in different versions of it had puppets, when they do close-ups on the faces, the puppets aren't very good. But these mm. were decent. The only time that I thought it went into not good was close-ups of the rabbit. I did not like the rabbit close-up. That isn't in this scene, but later on.
1: <laughs> Which, you, I think you kind of have a thing with the rabbit, if the rabbit's a little bit off.
0: That has happened more than once. Yeah,
1: where... <laughs> I think I tend to feel more that way with the Cheshire cat, of like, "Mm, this is making me uncomfortable. Some
0: some, uncomfy Cheshire cats. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and we'll get to that because this is one of them, (laughs) for me anyway.
0: He was different.
1: (sighs) Oh, and comfits.
0: Yes, we looked up comfits. We had this this whole
1: discussion because she threw what looked like. Candy bird seed or whatever on the ground. I was ground. like,
0: she just chucked a handful of Mike and Ikes on the ground <laughs> and made it like bird seed.
1: And my brain was thinking, oh, in the book, wasn't it like peppermint conversation hearts? Well, I got my book out and it said comfits. I'm like, okay, we need to Google this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's this old candy, an iteration of which could go back potentially to the Middle Ages. Yeah. That looks like mike and ike's
0: yeah the more the closely i'm sure it probably looked different back then but like but
1: they're made with yeah. things like fruit seeds spices with that sugar candy coating sometimes mm-hmm. a color i liked that they had black ones that were called torpedoes sometimes <laughs> um so they were actually closer to the book than i realized in yeah. this scene
0: yeah in my mind they were peppermints but i think I'm th- i think i'm thinking of the 99 version which i haven't seen in a while but i'm pretty sure that they said peppermints in that version and i think peppermints have just stuck in my head our
1: mind has our minds have been warped by other media <laughs> at this point
0: that's, that's one of the things with uh, with this podcast especially watching so many different versions of all these different things it's hard to remember which things had which versions of each different thing in the story
1: no need to try and remember everything perfectly.
0: Yeah, that was interesting to discover that this was actually very book accurate at this scene. Other than the fact that she threw them on the ground and they ate them like birdseed instead of passing them out. You
1: just figured it would be hard for them to take it yes. as puppets. The
0: puppets would not be able to really easily receive a single confit, If uh, that's how you pronounce it. Comfort. Something like that. I'm Something like sure. that.
1: Also... I am looking at the illustration in my book of the Dodo. He has man hands. (laughs) That's true. I forgot about that. So they were more accurate. Like, kudos to these people.
0: Yeah, I forgot that the Dodo in the book, he actually does have man hands. (laughs) That is
1: very strange. (laughs) Hey, they were Victorians, so. Yeah.
0: The Victorians had some interesting things in their artwork.
1: you notice, there's a like a monkey or like a monkey in the background anyway
0: some versions do have a monkey in the back or in like in the scene they're not usually prominent in the scene but i can think of at least one that had a weird
1: monkey in the background (laughs) (laughs) and that is episode
0: one episode one into the beginning of episode two because the comfits i think were given at the beginning of episode two okay yep so then you have the mouse giving his history which had the poem that went down his tail which was a very interesting book, accurate touch, because I don't think I've seen that in any other version.
1: I don't know that we have.
0: And then you have everyone getting scared off by the talk of Dinah.
1: Yes, but they were very polite about it in this <laughs> <Yes>. version.
0: <laughs> they are like, oh, look at the time. We yeah, gotta, like, go. gotta go.
1: <laughs> she slowly learns throughout the story not to talk about eating the creatures. <laughs> or having an animal or herself eat the creatures
0: yes I, I, it comes up later too it's funny the way she learns like oh no I've offended somebody change the subject
1: I want to <laughs> scare people
0: and then this I'm not sure if this is book accurate or not but you have her lying down on the ground and it's night and then it becomes morning so she like sleeps there the whole night in this version and I'm not sure if that happened in the book or not
1: I don't think so.
0: I don't think it usually happens in different versions. I don't actually ever remember Alice going to sleep in any other version. No,
1: I don't think that happens.
0: But this is where you have the white rabbit come by, calling her Marianne, sending her for his gloves, And she ends up growing giant in his bedroom.
1: I like that there was a decent amount of pink with his house. (laughs) And it had kind of um, a Tudor type feel even though it was a small house like you had the exposed beams on the ceiling they did it this was Mm. a nice version of the rabbit's house
0: Mm -hmm.
1: was the exterior pink or was there just pink on the inside either way it was nice i
0: can't remember but i remember it looked kind of like a drawing
1: it's cozy i appreciate that they included a cold at least a cold frame (laughs) that the rabbit got knocked into.
0: Yes, this is where you have the close-ups of the rabbit's face as he's, like, looking up at her arm sticking out of the window. And
1: And you're thinking, hit him again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When they do the close-ups of people's faces in this, it turns to a different puppet, because for the most part, these are marionettes. But when they do the close-ups of the faces when somebody's talking, it's like a rubber hand puppet, Mm. and it looks slightly off but with the rabbit it looked really off mm. i think that has to do with the fact that rabbit's eyes are on the side of their heads and it just didn't translate into a rubber puppet very well sure but yes i like the scene i usually like this scene the way she hit him and he fell into the cucumber frame it was another place where it looked like he realistically fell and i just i really liked that
1: it's a very cute scene mm-hmm. and they had remember the name of the gardener pat pat they had pat the gardener and bill the lizard yes and they stayed pretty book accurate right down to bill knocking a slate off of the roof
0: <laughs> in the book is pat a mole
1: no because i
0: in my head he's a guinea pig but that's also because i've seen guinea pigs in a, one or two other versions he's a mole in this version
1: let me look here okay as soon as she was small enough to get through the door she ran out of the house and found quite a crowd of little animals and birds waiting outside the poor little lizard Bill was in the middle being held up by two guinea pigs who were giving it something out of a bottle mm. they all made a rush at Alice the moment she appeared but she ran off as hard as she could and soon found herself da, 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 da. So I don't know if they actually say
0: I think most people pro- the most just assume yeah the filmmakers must see being held by two guinea pigs and just assume that's Pat but in this version, it was a mole and his wife, because there was a girl mole, too. I'm assuming it was his wife. I guess I shouldn't assume that, but I'm just assuming.
1: <laughs> I think maybe it's just inferred that Pat is a guinea pig. Mm-hmm.
0: I thought this scene was funny, also, because when they're talking about sending Bill up, you can tell that Alice feels sorry for how put upon and abused Bill mm-hmm. is. But she still kicks him out of the chimney anyway.
1: <laughs> they like there's little snippets in here that are so close to the book. Like Mind that loose slate, oh it's coming down, heads heads below a loud crash. Now who did that? It was Bill, I fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and on it goes and him talking about All I know is something comes at me like a jack-in-the-box, and up I go like a skyrocket out of the (laughs) chimney. Um, So, yeah, they they had a good amount of the dialogue. And one of the great things about this version is that they have a whole rainbow of British accents Mm -hmm. and types of Mm -hmm. British people throughout the episodes, which makes it more fun and more authentic.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the voices were really good. I don't know that I really recognized anyone, although I went and looked up the Queen specifically because the Queen just sounded so familiar. It's Joan Sanderson, which I'm sure other people will know who that is because I know I recognize the name, but when I looked her up, the thing that stood out to me was she had a cameo in The Great Muppet Caper in one of the most iconic scenes of her and John Cleese as this old couple in this house talking about how they haven't gone outside in like 10 years and all their pets are dead.
1: At least it's (laughs) iconic to us because we love quoting it. Every once in a while I'll just be like there's a pig climbing up the side of the house
0: (laughs) it's it's uh, yeah it's iconic to us i don't know if it's iconic to anyone else but that's why i knew her voice it's
1: such a good scene (laughs) they did such a great job
0: and then i was just scrolling through imdb to see if there was anybody else i knew the only one who jumps out at me and i did not get this at all bernard cribbins as the mock turtle and Sarah probably has no idea who Bernard Cribbins is, but he's I don't on, know,
1: but that's a pretty good name. He's a little old man. He's <laughs> one of my favorite
0: companions from Doctor Who. First it was his granddaughter was was the doctor's companion. And then he ended up joining them for some adventures. And then he and the doctor had their own adventure towards the end, and I just loved that one of the Doctor's companions was this adorable little old British man.
1: I like his name.
0: (laughs) He has a very great name, Bernard Cribbins. (laughs) 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 But yeah, other than that, I didn't really recognize any of them, but I have a feeling other people would, because some of the names sound vaguely familiar, and they have long IMDb pages, so...
1: Maybe people um, who are more familiar with I mean, we grew up with British shows, but we are. We Mid- only
0: got the slice that was on PBS. We
1: are Midwesterners, so there are probably a lot of British people out there like, oh yeah, and I know that person, and that person, and that mm-hmm. person. So they left out the giant puppy, which is okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's very total.
0: few versions do the giant puppy.
1: Well, what did they they included it in
0: 1903, didn't they? Yes, but that's <laughs> one of the
1: very few. <laughs> It's kind of
0: funny that that's one of the scenes that's always left out, but one of the shortest versions that leaves out most of the story. Made sure to. It was a that.
1: special effect that they could manage. <laughs> yes, that's true. They had an interesting. Um, cho- they made interesting choices with the caterpillar, because he was bright yellow, mm-hmm. and he looked like he had mutton chops worked into <laughs> his mold
0: yeah he might have i didn't catch that at first but i I noticed he had these designs on the side of his face i didn't get what it was but when sarah said mutton chops i was like that has to be what it's supposed to be
1: the first time i watched it i don't think i noticed that (laughs) took the second time around and he was bright yellow Mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever seen one that was bright yellow i don't think i have either like fluorescent type (laughs) 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 yellow i think they did a pretty good job on the part where he's wandering off with that yes, little he puppet he looked he
0: looked like an actual caterpillar when he was going off
1: and this scene was also they made an interesting choice when he wants her to recite your old father william they basically do it together and it's like they're enjoying each other's company mm-hmm. so it isn't all crabbiness mm-hmm. between alice and the caterpillar which can be what happens
0: yes they act, they do have a really good back and forth with that poem and that poem it's another thing that's not done very often, but when it is done, it can sometimes be boring depending on which version and who's doing it, so but fa- I thought they did a good good job in this one. The
1: fact that they went back and forth and were actually enjoying each other's company mm-hmm. was helpful. They didn't try and do any puppets for, you know, the the young man and Father William. They just showed little Illustrations. still. Yeah. yeah which was okay
0: yeah that's fine
1: it doesn't have to be over the top
0: and that's that's where episode two ends episode three begins with it's in the middle of the caterpillar scene after the caterpillar crawls away like an actual caterpillar they actually do the serpent scene Mm -hmm. which is one of those scenes that i have only seen one other time other than the disney version which they did not do correctly i love the disney version but it makes no sense because she's just a giant girl that the bird is calling a serpent like the reason the bird is calling her a serpent is because her neck has grown to immense lengths so and they she's above the tree
1: it's been so long since i watched the disney one they didn't stretch out her neck i don't think so hmm.
0: we'll have to watch it again but i don't think so
1: i no. just i just
0: remember her as a giant girl
1: this one he was stumped for a little bit i think he finally figured out how they managed the neck
0: yeah they did a really good job with this special effect because i couldn't figure out at first how they did it
1: they even had her like growing up through the tree and Mm -hmm. everything
0: i have a feeling that she was wearing like a green screen dress that they could remove later and then they had like a rubber neck in front of the dress right I'm not 100% sure, but the way her hair moved in one scene looked like it was being brushed over an invisible shoulder. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure that's what happened. But they did a very good job with it, because I was stumped for a while as to how they managed to pull off this (laughs) really weird, semi-creepy, but really well-done effect.
1: And as I was watching the bird, I thought, this is kind of a boring-looking bird it did have some color on it but if you look at the book it was a pigeon screaming at her so Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be a mostly gray probably bird and they went into so much detail with this scene that part of the time i was like okay (laughs) kind of internally but they did they did a good job explaining this pigeon's hardship (laughs) 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 and and the point of the scene Uh and all of the alice nonsense that goes with that this Mm -hmm. is probably i wouldn't be surprised if it's the most detailed
0: yeah The, the only other version i've seen was a not very good animated version and it wasn't this book accurate
1: yeah down to the argument about Little girls versus serpents eating eggs, <laughs> yeah, so yes they they did a they did a good job, and then it moves on to pig and pepper,
0: yes, she shrinks again and then ends up at the duchess's house
1: and they did a pretty good job with the frog and fish. they have the fish sounds like it has water in its throat, <laughs> like it's gargle talking, and the, and frog, the frog sounds <laughs> I don't know, like a lazy frog in a pond or something. And they they didn't include the bit about the fish and the frog getting tangled up in their wigs. They they had kind of it was like they had a hard time getting the letter between each mm-hmm. other, like the one letting go. But they had the struggle be that, mm-hmm. which maybe was the easier thing to do with puppets or to communicate Probably. to the audience at that time.
0: The frog was another one where I appreciated the puppetry because I just liked the way he moved and the way he just kind of relaxed and laid back on the fence
1: i appreciated his whistling <laughs> whoever did that was a good whistler the the scene inside the kitchen with the duchess and the cook they did a pretty good job with that they included some humor with the cook peppering the cat and sitting on the cat
0: <laughs> yes the these were probably the ugliest puppets but they're supposed to be
1: and the baby was ugly
0: yes they also did a hybrid puppet uh, baby at pig least at one point. or two
1: at least before the baby became a pig and one of them like you don't want to meet that in the dark that was with the <laughs> black nostrils slash baby face I, yes. I mean it's it's a demon pig baby <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah this is where you first meet the cat which, I wasn't a huge fan of the cat, but I've seen worse, but apparently Sarah...
1: Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. And it's not... Okay, the puppet's a little bit weird because when you have the Cheshire smile, it's basically just rubber lips with no teeth or something?
0: Yeah, that's the part that was the worst. When the the cat disappeared except for his smile, I did not like that smile.
1: But what bugs me about this cat I, I don't mind the accent because this is where another accent is thrown in. But he has such an... I don't know if you would describe it as oozy, oily way of talking. Mm. I'm probably not going to try and imitate it, but it's like... If you ran into that person at a party, you'd be like, He'd get be away like, from me! <laughs>
0: He'd be the guy who, like, pulls open his jacket. one am my watch? <laughs>
1: no. Or I, he just... He doesn't have a very moral-sounding tone <laughs> to him. <laughs> there, like, he just... I don't know. He, he really rubs me the wrong way. So, if you don't care, fine. He, it may just be more me being bugged <laughs> by it. But the the Cheshire Cat is really one of those hit-and-miss things of you might be totally cool yeah. with it, or you might have a random head on a branch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah at this point i've seen so many different cheshire cats but like trying to think of ones i actually like i can think of three
1: <laughs> good for you i mean i th- i was fine with the disney one
0: not disney- i like the disney one i like the remake disney one and i like the 99 version
1: which is not that many considering how many <laughs> i would have to have like a little montage to be like oh no i didn't like that one i did like that yeah, one yeah oh was it 1903 That looked like a Maine Coon or something. Oh, my heart!
0: An actual cat. (laughs) Oh, a beautiful
1: cat. I love cats, not weird, gross, (laughs) oily-sounding men. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) small beef. It's not. It's not (laughs) enough to be like, don't watch this version. It's like it it might irritate you. It might not.
0: But other than the baby and the Cheshire Cat, the Duchess and the Cook. Were semi-book accurate they were like weird puppet versions of the illustrations which are ugly and Mm -hmm. they were (laughs) appropriately ugly in this version
1: i don't think they ever switched to a live pig
0: i think they they even
1: had a puppet running off
0: yes there was there was no live animals at all that i can remember and other than alice and the people at the beginning and end i don't think there was live people in this at all it was all puppets
1: which is kind of fitting for her mm-hmm. being in dreamland.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm looking at the notes that I made a year ago when I watched this, when we were going to review this one. And for the Cheshire Cat, I don't remember writing this, but I wrote, the Cheshire Cat sounds odd. I first thought it was a sultry woman with a smoker's voice, <laughs> but I think it's a man and he sounds kind of snobby.
1: Yeah, put that in a blender and that's probably a fairly accurate... So you could maybe see now why I feel a little uncomfortable.
0: One one touch with the cat that I did like was his body parts kind of drifted away at times, which was kind of weird, but I kind of liked it.
1: His voice might make a pretty good Mr. Collins. Like just somebody you would hate, even though he's (laughs) not technically...
0: A criminal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and for the part with where his, where everything but his lips disappear, I, I wrote, I really do not like this rubbery grin without a cat. Where are the teeth? It's just two creepy monkey lips.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh dear. What did you think of the tea party scene and the characters there?
1: Pretty
0: good. Yeah, I didn't. Love the Mad Hatter's face,
1: but he does have a fairly British face. Yes, there's some. Ex- it's an exaggerated puppet. The colorings maybe a little bit odd. Yeah. But, I mean, also he is a Mad Hatter, so coloring <laughs> being odd, yeah, is fitting. That's true. I honestly, okay, I thought the Dormouse is probably one of the cutest that we've if we if you had a lineup of cutest i mean the dormouse is usually cute Mm -hmm. but i thought the puppet that they had for him was cute yeah um the march Hare was fine this is one of those scenes where like it it wasn't the best and it wasn't the worst it was just it was fine
0: Mm -hmm. there was a lot that was pretty book accurate a lot of conversation from the book i liked it it went on for a little bit too long i think it was it was the bridge between episode three and four so it was
1: it's one of those scenes that can feel like it's taking a while mm -hmm. but this time around i was also multitasking while we were watching so (laughs) that probably helped for it to not feel yeah as long but it's also one of those things of it's not our first rodeo we already know what's going to happen yeah, in this scene true. so yeah. unless they throw out some quirky little bit or they really deliver it in a way that's really fun to watch like those kids stuffing the mouse into the teapot
0: <laughs> yes which glee. they did in this version too which i right. did appreciate which they,
1: they tend to but there was something about the glee in that, <laughs> that one version yes so yeah it was fine and and amusing
0: I I will say I liked the voice actors here. I thought they had good banter. And Mm. I liked when they sort of insulted the mouse and he (laughs) sort of agreed with them.
1: This is one where you probably had two, three-plus accents at the table, too. Yeah, yeah. With you, it is the same thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. I did like the hatter's clothes. I liked his hat. It was a pink hat. And I liked his... I think he, suit.
1: I think he had some straw or something on his, side, the, 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 the March, March hair, which is another thing that, yeah, too. And it, I've, I've seen it in other versions. Looking at the old style illustration. Is I, I wonder
0: if it's like a reference to the roof because the roof was supposed to look like the hair too. Like it was like a thatched roof with two chimneys.
1: Like two ears for chimneys. Yeah. Perhaps that was like a little crossover. It could have been. That's that's cool. If it if that's the case, I never thought about it. <laughs> I liked how the narrator was saying something like, "After Alice left the stupid tea party, <laughs> <laughs> her stupid tea party."
0: And you have the door in the tree, which is another thing that not a whole lot of versions do. I don't think, mm. like fighting an actual door in the tree and ending up back in the hall of doors. A lot of times I think she just goes straight onto the queen's courtyard but she has she goes back and actually gets through the door she was trying to get through before and ends up in the garden and I thought it was interesting they had a very I don't know how book accurate it is but like they are playing cards and you have the army that is actually playing cards they just have little boots on the bottom mm. which I thought was interesting Usually you have them all made up to have, like, heads and bodies, and... I mean, you still had the the ones that are painting the rose red that they were made up, like, the, the cards you're used to.
1: And if you look at the old illustration, there are at least two out of three of those puppets that look rather like the old illustration.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So
1: kudos to them, which it would just be natural for them to look... Look at the illustrations for inspiration for puppets. Mm -hmm. These were good accents for the the cards that were in trouble. Yeah. And you really liked the scene where where one of them is saying that the queen was talking about chopping off one of the other card's heads and just the little (laughs) look that he got on his face. The
0: (laughs) the comedic timing with the way the one card's mouth just dropped, like his jaw dropped open. I don't know. There was just something about that that really cracked me up. They did a good job.
1: (laughs) that scene was a little more fleshed out than it sometimes is and they did a good Mm -hmm. job with it
0: even having alice hide the cards i'm not i think in the book she puts them in her pocket if i recall correctly but this she had them hide in pots because
1: well in the book it says she put them into a large flower pot that stood near
0: oh okay i think i'm getting versions mixed up again because i remember a different version where she puts them in her pocket I wonder ah. if it's the 99 version again because that's where I, a lot of my memories come from because I've seen it so many times.
1: And it wasn't the the executioner. It was, um, which they had the executioner, which was a funny character in this mm-hmm. one. He was just, he was very chilled out and <laughs> gentle.
0: I promise not to do it too hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: As if that matters.
1: And <laughs> get the part, are their heads off, shouted the queen. Their heads are off. If it please your majesty, the soldiers shouted in reply, which in this scene in the, in the series, you have the executioner saying that their their heads are are gone,
0: <laughs> because they're all gone. They've <laughs> disappeared. <laughs> yeah, this is where you meet the king, queen, and Jack. And I liked the queen's voice. Like I said, I recognized her.
1: I liked the king too. He's yeah.
0: <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of the Jack, but he's not. He doesn't have too much to do in the scene. Fine. So
1: yeah, he's kind of an obnoxious character
0: that would Mm -hmm. annoy people but yeah after the scene with the cards you have (laughs) the revelation that the duchess is under sentence of execution for boxing the queen's ears and i love that alice started laughing and said good for the duchess (laughs) Mm. (laughs) and then you have the croquet scene and i thought the hedge (laughs) the hedgehogs they made little squeaking noises and I have in my notes that they sounded like someone violently abusing a rubber ducky.
1: Oh no. <laughs> I'm glad that didn't cross my mind. <laughs> Not that the rubber ducky's going to feel it, but
0: And it was funny too, the executioner was in this scene. He was trying to play croquet but he used his axe instead of a flamingo.
1: I didn't even notice that this time around.
0: <laughs> I think this is when you were multitasking, so maybe you missed that.
1: Right. And they did a good job with the the cheshire cat scene with the king and everything and this is where they did a good job reintroducing the duchess too because alice is saying you know this is her cat and so that's how she gets out of mm-hmm. jail and,
0: and they have a different puppet for the duchess in this scene
1: with and a happier face yes. which is fitting
0: yes i liked this version of the duchess better and this is the beginning of episode five the final episode as well you have the whole <laughs> you have the whole morals conversation maybe not the whole conversation because I know it's a long conversation but I like but that it, they touched on that and they don't usually
1: and they did a pretty good job with it like mm-hmm. it's, I don't think it was tiresome no I liked it
0: and it was funny too I, I, it just it cracks me up when they're talking about mustard being mm-hmm. a mineral and <laughs> there's a mustard mine nearby <laughs> right And then you have the queen arriving, sending away the duchess and taking her to the griffin to take her to the mock turtle. And I thought they did a pretty good job with the griffin. It's another case where close-ups of his face wasn't perfect, but it was decent. And, I mean, a lot of versions either don't have the griffin or it doesn't look griffiny enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I liked that they actually made it a griffin and it was a decent griffin and the mock turtle too the, the mock turtle it's kind of the inverse i liked the close-up of the mock turtle's face better than the actual puppet
1: because it okay. was kind of flat which i mean it's a turtle body so i don't have a problem with that i mean if you look at the book illustration he is a fairly plump turtle but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was not in this one it i didn't have very a problem with that I, that was yeah
0: I liked this scene. It was It's one that, depending on the version, it can be boring. But I did enjoy parts of this. I, I loved the part where he starts to to tell his history. And he says, once I was a real turtle. And he starts crying. And there's a long silence. And Alice gets up. Well, thank you, sir, for your interesting story. <laughs> and a lot of this was book accurate, too.
1: And the part about the lobster.
0: Mm-hmm
1: have you ever met a lobster <laughs> i've tasted oh, no i never have
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes that was that was the other part where she's learned not to offend somebody she could see that, <laughs> that was Griffin scared. was horrified <laughs> so nope never have Something. <laughs> but i was telling sarah with this scene and there's a few scenes like this the song that they have in this seems off to me but i'm so used to the 99 version and the work that they put into those songs to make them so good and also the fact that like with well, turtle soup same scene different song it's in the 99 version it's a slow moving song and this is just kind of silly i mean it's a silly song anyway so i
1: i have a very different perspective on this than you do because I was paying attention to, I think he may have actually been singing off key a little bit of the time, Mm -hmm. which, um, you know, I mean, maybe that's what they were going for in the scene. I have have a
0: feeling it was,
1: um, I have no problem with them doing a different tune to these songs, whereas I think that was really throwing you off.
0: I'm just so used to, like, Gene Wilder singing softly and And emotionally about (laughs)
1: Turtle Soup. Yeah, I didn't mind the faster pace. Maybe the softer, weepy version is is probably more accurate. But I also thought the style of the music... I mean, it was probably really good for the period that it's set in. Either way, it sounded like old-fashioned yeah music mm-hmm. so i think i was more okay with that than mm-hmm. you were it would have been nice if it was a little more um yeah I, I thought maybe i was detecting some off key i was just like please please do it nicely but they may have just been I, hamming I, I it up i felt up a like little. they were trying to yeah do they may have purpose. just been hamming it up a little bit which that's their artistic choice <laughs> Oh, wow, Jonathan. There's a poem in here. Stand up and repeat, Tis the voice of the sluggard,' said the griffin. I don't think they usually include this.
0: Probably not.
1: Like 'Tis the voice of the lobster. I heard him declare, "'You have baked me too brown. I must sugar my hair. "'As a duck with its eyelids, "'so he with his nose "'trims his belt and his buttons "'and turns out his toes. "'When the sands are all dry, "'he is gay as a lark "'and will talk... In, cont- in contemptuous tones of the shark. But when the tide rises and sharks were around, his voice has a timid and tremulous sound. <laughs> 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 and there's another chunk of poetry on the other page. It's like, this is one of those moments where it must be worth it to just read mm-hmm. through the story again. But over here is the beautiful soup. It's like, on with the next verse. Okay, I passed by his garden and marked with one eye how the owl and the panther were sharing a pie. The panther took pie crust and gravy and meat, while the owl had the dish as its share of the treat. When <laughs> the pie was all finished, the owl, as a boon, was kindly permitted to pocket the spoon, while the panther received knife and fork with a growl and concluded the banquet by, <laughs> What is the use of repeating all that stuff? <laughs> said the, the mock turtle. <laughs> Anyway, I did not remember that part. It's been so long long since I've read through the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and I don't think I've ever seen a version with those because I would remember that.
1: No, 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 no. Okay, so that was not in the rhyme. Yeah, you'd think I would remember that too.
0: But yeah, after that you have the courtroom scene.
1: This is one of the things that I liked because you have the rabbit with his little... Harold's trumpet <laughs> and just the way he kept blowing that it was cute and funny yeah, at the this, same time this
0: is one where it was definitely their choice to be a little bit wrong. hammy
1: a little bit hammy
0: <laughs> terrible trumpet player but it was very funny and this is another one where they bring back all the earlier characters to be the jury
1: I don't know that they had the cook come forward as a witness, but they had her make She ro- still... She was still there talking about Pepper.
0: Yes. She was there. She A lot of the stuff was from the book, just not exactly from the book.
1: And really one of the best parts, and it's kind of... It's probably hard to communicate in a theater or TV production, but the part with Bill and the slate and one or more of them trying to write with their fingernails and it's just such a silly and cute scene Mm -hmm. they did try to communicate at least some of that
0: they had them writing on the slates but they didn't use their finger they had chalk and they actually wrote easily i
1: I think it's one of those it's kind of subtle or something so Mm -hmm. it's helpful to be able to read it in the book but no they get they did a good job with the king you know telling the hatter not to be nervous or he'd be executed.
0: which he repeated quite a few times making him more and more nervous each time
1: they did a pretty good job with the dialogue on this scene
0: and this is where i thought that alice started getting i mean she she grew I mean, through the whole thing but i thought this was one of her best scenes with her back and forth with the king and queen and the dialogue about her growing and the trial being weird i thought she did a great job delivering all those lines
1: yes my my sister who does not watch all of these with us and um is rather bewildered as to us watching all of these different versions <laughs> she commented that alice has a very cute this this alice has a very cute voice mm-hmm. and she does i just think she's a really I, I thought she was just a really precious alice
0: yeah she was she was good it's it's rare to find an alice that's like age appropriate
1: Oh, it can be. yeah, so that's one of the biggest things that I appreciate her, but no, she she was it was very fitting. Mm-hmm. There are one or more versions that I think are good for people who may not be familiar with the story at all. Maybe because this one is British. I also was having a little bit of that feeling of this is good for people who are already familiar with the story. You wouldn't have to be. Mm-hmm. for this one. But I think it's helpful if you were to watch this one. So it's understandable if somebody's a hardcore Alice fan, why they'd be like, talk about this one because there is so much out of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that this one is a pretty good companion. Maybe if you've, you know, read the book with your kids or whatever, and you want to show them
0: mm-hmm.
1: a live version this one isn't, like, super creepy or anything like that. I'm looking at you, giant crow, and <laughs> whatever all else we run into. Um, no hatters were executed and left outside in body bags. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that there, was a weird one. We've
1: just run into different random things that wouldn't be great for a child. You could still show it to them. I do not show them the one with the crow. That was a very visceral reaction on my part. But, yeah, no, this is a good version. I'd say it's one of the best versions that we've ever watched. And it's nice to have plenty to say about a good version and not just plenty to say about a bad version. <laughs> I mean, either way, yeah. I think we tend to have a fair amount to say. But yeah, thank you for the recommendation. And this would definitely be towards the, the top recommended ones for me Mm -hmm. anyway
0: yeah this was a good one i'm i'm glad we watched it and it's probably one that i wouldn't mind watching again
1: the the amount of dialogue from the book the range of accents the alice that they used the atmosphere of the beginning you know the beginning scene Mm -hmm. the music no it's it's good
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see how it stands up against the other 1985 version which we're going to be doing here pretty soon as well
1: well uh, this one could easily give it a run for its money unless i haven't watched it so i can't say
0: yeah me neither and
1: by the time we get there we might not remember to compare (laughs) but (laughs) this one's very good
0: yeah okay well i think that's probably all we have to say about this one so until next time
1: (laughs) is the next one the american
0: For us, it probably will be. I'm not sure what order I'm going to do these in, but I think the next one I'm doing with you is the American 1985 version.
1: Until next time, happy watching.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to the Every Version Ever YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Hand hand. Come along and pass through the looking glass into